We've been talking about expanding the book of Hebrews. And by the special grace of God, several subtopics under this um, subject, several subtopics. Praise God. Yes, we see it as we see it as a topic. But in the real sense of it, for every of the subtopic is a topic on its own. You get what I'm saying? For every subtopic that we have done is topic on its own. It's a teaching on its own. Praise the name of the Lord. Let me remind us the subtopics that we have taken under this um, teaching. Number one, we have looked at the superiority of Christ. Remember? The superiority of Christ. Number two, we look at the role of Christ in salvation. And number three, we look at Jesus is greater than Moses. Number four, we look at the believer's rest. Number five, we look at Jesus is the perfect high priest. Number six, we look at warning upon a way or apostasy. Then number seven, we look at Melchizedek priesthood like Christ. Number eight, we look at superiority of the new covenant. And that was the one we did last. The superiority of the new covenant over the old covenant. And um, what I'm going to be looking at in chapter 9 is an extension of um, an extension of chapter 8. And it's also talking about the old and the new covenant. The old and the new covenant. Praise God. The old and the new covenant. So under this um, topic, we are going to be looking at how worship in the Old Testament, how worship in the Old Testament did not perfect the worshiper. How worship in the Old Testament could not perfect the worshiper because it is related to things like food, drink, various washings, food, drink, various washings. In the, in the Old Testament worship, the belief that when you wash your hand, you wash your leg before you go to God, you know, you are righteous. But in the New Testament, that is not our righteousness. That is not our righteousness. Washing of body does not make man righteous or unrighteous. How many of you, as you are coming into the church this evening, you stay outside there and wash your hand and your leg? Praise God. Have you ever asked yourself, why do they wash hands and legs? Have you ever asked yourself, why? Several reasons. Number one reason is that they believe that when you wash, they believe that look, the, the house of God, which is called sanctuary or tabernacle or holy place, they believe that building is where God dwells. So you cannot be dirty physically and come before God. 
Are you getting me now? So they will need to wash the hand, the legs, you know, everywhere. And before, as a matter of fact, when you are in the sanctuary, you are not permitted to mess. Are you aware? You are not permitted because when you mess, you have disconcentrate, you have disconcentrate the presence of God. You have made the presence of God to be unholy. <laughs> How many of us have messed in the church? <laughs> in fact, most especially in those churches where hard deliverance thing is going on. You know, when you when you push somebody and the person wants to you know, eat his head on the wall, the person messed by fire by force. <laughs> you know? So they believe that the presence of God is concentrated and you cannot enter their dirty, you cannot be menstruating and come into the presence of God and things like that. Hmm. Thank you for Jesus. Thank God for Jesus. He finished the work for us and he grants us access into the holies of holies, into the most holy place of God and we could come boldly without without need for us to wash our hand, to wash our leg, and all of that. Let us move on. Praise God. I'm just trying to pass across knowledge. That's what I'm doing. And I'm intentional about it. So grab the knowledge I'm passing across to you. So I said, the book of chapter 9 shows how worship in the Old Testament could not affect the worshiper because it's related to only food, drink, various washings and regulations for the body. Don't do this. Don't do that. Laws. However, when Christ appeared, he entered into the heavenly tabernacle and poured out his blood on the mercy seat. If you are here last week, I told you about the mercy seat. Amen. Mercy seat is one of the um, is one of the items in the most holy place. Listen to this: the unbelievers, the unbelievers, we expose them, we expose them to the gospel, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. But the believers, we expose them to the knowledge of Christ. So, the, the meal for unbelievers is different from the meal for believers. But most of the times, we serve the same meal for both. And that is the reason why you see people come into the church. If I say church, I'm talking about the body of Christ. So, when you see people come in, when you see unbelievers come into the church, they become believers, they become part of the church. They remain baby forever. Because all these things are not exposed to them. These are the knowledge that they're supposed to have that should aid their growth in Christ Jesus. I've always said this, that when we come into Christ, that is not the end. It is just a beginning of something. So when you come into, the, into Christ, you must desire to know more of the person of Christ. Of the person of Christ. Desiring 
and knowing the person of Christ is the power that you desire. Because all of us, the majority desire power. And we pray, 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 pray. No. You need the knowledge of the person of Christ. So, anywhere that you are worshipping, and Jesus is not being revealed, the revelation of Christ, what he has done, who he is, you know, it's not being revealed. It is better to stay out of the place and look for where Jesus is being revealed. Amen. So, I'm talking about mercy seats. The high priest, they enter into the most holy place. They don't sit on that mercy seat, the physical one. They don't have the right to sit on it. They want to die. Not to die now. <laughs> Not to die. Amen. But what they do is that they sprinkle the blood. That is, what it, that is what some churches are still doing today. They call it sprinkling of the blood. The sprinkling of the blood. The blood is being sprinkled on the mercy seat and on all the items in the tabernacle. In the tabernacle. And the purpose of that blood, the blood of animal that is being sprinkled on the tabernacle, is to concentrate the people and those items. The belief that when they sprinkle the blood on this mercy seat, on the chair, on people, they get concentrated. They, are, they become holy. They become set apart for God. So today, Jesus sprinkled the blood for us once and for all. Not in the earthly tabernacle, but the heavenly tabernacle. The reality, the short tabernacle, is sprinkled his own blood, and his blood is not to be sprinkled daily or yearly, like the earthly, earthly tabernacle, which requires yearly daily sprinkling of blood. I get what I'm saying. So, when the blood of Jesus was sprinkled once, it cleanses us from sins and all guilt conscience. It cleanses our conscience. Are you following me now? So, there is no need for sprinkling of blood today in the new dispensation. What I've just said now, what I've just said now, can cause a lot of argument and controversy if I say it in some places. But either it causes argument or controversy, either I am being criticized for saying it, it does not change that it is the truth. Are you getting what I'm saying? It doesn't change the fact that it's the truth. Because we look at who says the word. That is our mentality as human. Who's, who said it? Oh, that's my pastor. That is still struggling to survive. Forget, you can't have the truth. But who said the word? Ah, that apostle, that known bishop. He must be correct. <laughs> Why are we like that? Why? 
take it from me. Sprinkling of blood today in this dispensation is an error. Because the blood, as a matter of fact, you don't bleed. I bleed the blood, the blood of Jesus. I plead the blood, the blood of Jesus. I sleep in the blood of Jesus. I dance in the blood of Jesus. The blood, the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus is an error. And majority of us still do it still today. It's ignorance. It's spiritually, if you are still doing that, you are spiritually illiterate. Because the blood of Jesus is not to cover you when you are traveling so that you don't have accident. <laughs> the blood of Jesus is for one purpose and you know it. You see, for protection. That is what you are told. For protection. The blood of Jesus, you are protected. You are protected because you have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit inside of you. And if you say that you would have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit inside of you, and you don't listen when the Holy Spirit is talking to you. Say, don't go there. And you, and you go there. Evil will happen to you there. And nothing will happen. Reality. We always come here to change our mind. And to nail the truth on the head. But they are always hard. Glory be to God. Glory, glory be to God. Okay, let me just complete the introduction of this chapter 9. They will continue from there next week. The blood of bulls and goats was never able to cleanse the conscience of the worshipper. I think you know that. The blood of bulls and goats that were being shed in the Old Testament for atonement of sin couldn't clear the conscience of the worshippers. They still have guilt conscience after the sprinkling of the blood. When they kill those animals, okay, you don't know what they do to it. They sprinkle the blood. Are you get what I'm saying? They sprinkle, like as I said now, I will sprinkle blood on you. I will sprinkle blood on you. I will sprinkle it on the pulpit. I will sprinkle it on the instrument to consecrate you and those things. So, in other words, to make you holy. That's what they do with the blood of the animal. And God will now temporarily accept them and say, well, by the reason of this blood. Because the Bible says that without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. So, the, the, their sins will be temporarily remitted. And I think about two, two verses ago, I told you in chapter 10, that God is not interested in those daily sacrifices and daily sacrifices. What God wants are the, are the worshippers that everybody will sit huh? and everybody is holy. That is what God wants. The blood of bull and goat will not clean their conscience. They are still guilty. They are still condemned. That's part of what happened. But when Jesus came 
to shed his own blood in the heavenly tabernacle. That blood was able to clean our conscience. Simple truth. I'm paraphrasing scriptures. And Romans chapter 8, verse 1 says that, is that for now, no condemnation for them that are in Christ, for those that are in Christ Jesus. There is now no condemnation. You have the right spirit. You have a Holy Spirit. Your human spirit is holy because the Holy Spirit is in union with it. Are you getting what I'm saying now? So, henceforth, don't please the blood of Jesus on your exam paper. I plead the blood of Jesus on this exam sheet. I pass everything. <laughs> Hello? What makes you to pass exams? Huh? Study. Don't go and pray and say, Father, I want to pass this exam by fire by fire. Ah, fire, 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 fire. Because I want to pass exams. That is what they have told you. They have told you to bring your... How many of us have... How many of you have taken your exam viral to pastor before? And they raise your viral up that you want to use to write the exam. How many of you are sincere? Ah, okay, it's not common again. It was then. Ah, that time, our, during our time, we raise, we raise our pen up. They will, will, will drop it. If by mistake... If by mistake, <laughs> that Bible miss. <laughs> the Bible that you and write your name inside. You will write your name now. You will write your name inside paper and put it and close it. Because this is anointed Bible that will make me write exam and pass. That is what religion, that is the kind of damage religion can do to man. But if you must pass, what you do is you study. But one thing that I tell you is that when you want to study, pray for quick assimilation. Holy Spirit can do that for you. Holy Spirit of God, I want to study. I need you to give me quick assimilation. In the mighty name of Jesus, let me have understanding. Then you start reading, you have understanding. Another thing you can do, Holy Spirit of God, I don't want to waste my energy reading to and fro. Direct me to where the exam will come out. If that one can still work, you know what I'm saying? But you don't read, eh? And you anoint. You sprinkle blood of Jesus on, or you want to enter into a bus. I plead the blood of Jesus. I plead the blood. This car will not crash. Every blood-sucking demon on the road will crush you in Jesus' name. We plead the blood of Jesus on our road as we go in Jesus' name. Oh. That's prayer on its own. It's, it's a prayer of fear. You know what I'm saying? You are operating in fear. Don't pray that kind of prayer again. Eh? If you don't want to pray, don't pray. If you want to travel, if you don't want to pray, don't pray. 
if you can, I'm telling you, if you can say it, you can operate in faith. But if you cannot operate in that higher dimension of faith, eh? what you do is, Father, I thank you because I have Johnny Mercy. Glory be to your name, Jesus. Just bless him because you are thanking. That's all. Don't be saying, Father, blood. the blood of Jesus is meant to, that thing is cloud. The blood of Jesus is meant to clean our sins. One purpose. For remission. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. Go, come and show. The blood is to make us, to concentrate us. Both in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. The blood is to consecrate us, to make us holy. That blood will clean our sin away before God. Go and read from Genesis to Revelation. If you see anywhere in the Bible where the blood is used eh, to cover anything, come and come and come and tell me. Bring it to bring it next week Wednesday. So it is an error to use the blood of Jesus to cover yourself, to cover things. Look, I'm saying now, that is not the purpose of the blood, sister. What is the purpose of the blood of Jesus? Atonement, one purpose. And has it has it done that? Are you righteous? Are you righteous? You see, religious. That thank you. In fact, she could not answer me. Do you know why? Most religious people believe they don't. They are not sure if they are righteous or not. Abby, because of the kind of teaching that they have been subjected to, they are not aware if they are righteous or not. And let me tell you something: if you are not, if you are not sure if you are righteous or not, I doubt it. If you are born again. I think I'm saying, I doubt it. If you are born again. Because your righteousness, your righteousness is Christ in the inside of you. It's not about you. It is not about what you do right or what you do wrong. Are you hearing me? It is not about what you do right or what you do wrong. It is about Christ in the inside of you. Are you following now? Aha. Uh-huh. Because what makes people to think that they are unrighteous is because before they are coming from home today, they lied. And that makes them to be unrighteous. That is not it. Are you getting what I'm saying now? You are getting better every day. As you progress in exposing yourself to the knowledge of Christ, you will see that at a point, Holy Spirit will keep on, there is a work in progress in the inside of you. While you are righteous, you are righteous, but there is a consistent work in progress that is making you to be better in your character. You are operating or you start from the point of righteousness in Christ. In the Old Testament, you start from unrighteousness and you are climbing the ladder of righteousness by observing the laws by observing the rules 
and regulations, the ordinances of the law, then you keep on trying to be righteous, trying to be righteous. Are you following? I'm talking to you, sister. But with that law, you cannot be righteous. The law will never make anybody righteous. But when Christ came, Christ shed his blood once and for all. For us. And the moment you become born again, you are righteous. But being righteous does not take the fact, take away the fact that you still have some unholy characters. You can see now, this is also, this religious mind cannot also compare what I'm t- telling you. Because religion eh, is full of hypocrisy. If I say hypocrisy, another word is dissimulation or pretense. Religion is full of pretense. But faith is reality. We are not religious, but we are in faith. I am not a religious person. Are you getting what I'm saying now? I am a believer in Christ Jesus. And you are a believer in Christ Jesus. So, when you become righteous by accepting Jesus, that will not automatically take away your unholy character. But as you progress in fellowship with the Holy Spirit, eh, Holy Spirit will now start telling you that uh, what you did that time, your new nature does not accommodate you to. Oh, I'm sorry. I won't do it again. And the say that you won't do it again is not by your own strength. It's by his help. It's by his help. The help of the Holy Spirit. So as you continue fellowship, so, and that is the reason why in this place we keep on teaching about fellowship. We keep on talking about relationship. So things that you need to know that we establish your relationship with God is what we keep on teaching here. Do not discover that as you are having more relationship, then those unholy character will begin to leave you. Gradually. Gradually. One day, you're just like, ah, hey, if you knew me before, ah, I lied a lot. But, I don't know, these days, to lie, is just, I mean, what have I said something before? You have expressed it before. Ah, someone like me. Eh? Before. Hey, I am, I used to be very aggressive. Very. Aggressive. You know the kind of aggression? You know, at times, they, they do, they do some comedy where, where you will see, where, um, maybe two people are driving cars and one, drive roughly and the other one came out in anger i want to fight the other one as that one opened the door and come down he sees a giant and immediately he will come down and say i'm sorry i'm sorry but in my own case when i'm angry i don't care if you are just you who kill me there any that's the kind of anger that's the kind of aggression because i'm saying when i Came on board into the into the church, 
body of Christ now. I struggle with it a lot. I struggle with it. I still want to be aggressive. Do you get what I'm saying? But as I began to fellowship the more, fellowship the more, fellowship the more, knowing more of the person of Christ, I've even forgotten that, forgotten that I used to be aggressive. So one day I just I'm like, this thing is no more there. I'm not aggressive anymore. I'm now calm. You know what I'm saying? That is what fellowship can do to you. That is what relationship with Christ can do to you. So stop condemning yourself when you do that act of unrighteousness. Don't condemn yourself. You know what I'm saying now? What you do, I'm not encouraged to do it. There are certain things that, that, that you know that you have, you have passed. You know what I'm saying now? For an instance now, me now, if I now get aggressive now, ag- extremely aggressive, I know that it's not, I have passed that stage that I deliberately yielded to my flesh. You know what I'm saying now? Are you following me? I intentionally, I have received grace in that area. So there are certain areas that you have received grace. So if you are going back into that, you are the one causing trouble. Are you hear what I'm saying? There are certain areas that I'm still trusting God for His grace. And that is the way how all of us will keep on going in until we see Jesus. Ah, it sounds so, it sounds like, it sounds like unreal, right? Sister, that is the way we, all of us will keep on moving until we see Jesus. You will have something that is checking you. Huh? You will have something that is checking you. It is checking you. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Is somebody blessed this evening? Our time is up. We'll continue with chapter 9 of Hebrews next week by the grace of God.